Welcome to Mighty Parenting, a community where we help you raise teens and parent 20-somethings so they can become happy, successful, and emotionally healthy adults. I'm Sandy Fowler, stress relief coach and your host here at the Mighty Parenting Podcast. Welcome to today's show. We are going to be talking about anxiety today. It is an issue that I have heard raised by many parents. It's something that our experts have mentioned on the show frequently. We're hearing about how it is really causing problems for our kids. And I think that applies to anxiety and what I consider is first cousin stress. So we are going to be listening to an interview I did with Dr. Charlotte Resnick. She does some amazing things with children and teens around anxiety, and I hope that you learn as much from her as I did and that you enjoy her insights as much as I did. We have one of our favorite guests with us today, Dr. Charlotte Resnick, PhD. Dr. Resnick is an internationally recognized child education psychologist, an associate clinical professor of psychology at UCLA, and a compelling speaker as well as a media personality who inspires parents and professionals, educators, and psychologists throughout the world using her original therapeutic approach to helping both children and adolescents to heal themselves. So Dr. Resnick, that's a a busy, busy schedule that you run. I just want to thank you for taking some time and joining us to discuss your work today. Oh, you know, I'm so happy to be with you, Sandy. And what you do is so great for, for everyone. What a service you provide, all this information that gets out there. So I'm just delighted to, to be with you. In your work with children and with teens, you focus on the power of their imagination. Why did you choose imagination for the focus of your work? Oh, gosh, it probably goes back, frankly, to my childhood. It's like when you think about where you are today, when anyone thinks about, like, think about how you got there. And I didn't realize it at the time, but I think I used my imagination as a kid to help me through my challenging childhood. And um, then I wound up in uh, in college where I, where I was very interested in psychology and art, and then in graduate school where I, you know, kept pursuing this and... Uh, I wanted to reach many children, so I started working with kids in the inner city schools in Los Angeles. And, oh my gosh, I was not, after my fancy USC education, I was not prepared for what I found there. The kids were very depressed, and it was a low um, economic level, but there was a lot of violence in the home. It was sort of like walking into a war zone. I think I would just sit and just collect myself before I went there each day. And I realized that all the behavioral techniques I had learned at um, SC we just weren't going to cut it in, in that situation. And frankly, they almost needed, like, mass healing. So um, I, I just kind of stumbled along using imagery and imagination from being at a conference, and I was very impressed with the results of a study from another school district, and I felt I could go into the classes and if I could help the kids find their own inner light in their, their own peace inside, that would be one small step for them to cope with their lives and to maybe be okay. And kind of my theme um, mantra through all these years is to help kids be okay no matter what's going on around them. And uh, they responded, and they found 
it was very interesting because I was in the inner city for over 15 years, although I transitioned in the last five into a more of a private practice. So I see now a very different population, you know, middle class, upper middle class, you know, parents are very educated or somewhat educated. But I find that whatever work I started in the inner city really transferred to all the kids I see. And I've traveled and done workshops around the world, and it translates all over because we're all human, we all have hearts, we all have feelings. And my goal was to help the kids find those that light inside their inner resources to help them solve their own problems, to help them find peace. And interesting enough, way back then, you know, we just talked about imagination. And the truth is I was really also teaching them how to center themselves and and, and meditate. And now in the last few years, mindfulness is very popular and everyone is very comfortable with that in America, I think basically because the word mind is in mindfulness. Mindfulness is really a form of meditation. And sometimes people even get scared about the word meditation, but all it is is getting centered and breathing and connecting with yourself. And that is a wonderful thing to be able to do with everything that's going on around in our, in our world. So it was kind of a process. It wasn't like, okay, this is what this is what did it. But everything, my work has evolved over the years, trying to meet the needs of the kids I'm serving. And I really do feel that um, my work is a service because it's to help kids find their own answers. And even the littlest ones with using their imagination um, could find it. I'm thinking of a four-year-old who was having trouble at preschool, and I was teaching him about where his feelings are in his body. And when he kind of spoke to his tummy, he said that his stomach told him to share at school. And, you know, that might seem like no big deal, (laughs) but, you know, his mom might tell him that, his dad, his teacher. But the truth is when he was able to, when it came from inside him, Mm -hmm. he really incorporated it. It was part of him. And it, it was a beautiful thing to see. Well, we're right. all like that when when it's our idea, or if we yeah. think it's our idea, and it rarely is. I, you know, they say there are really very few new ideas in the world. It's right. rehashing what's out there, or you know, you come up with something that you didn't even realize someone else said. I, husbands and wives complain about this all the time. It's like, you know, I'll go in and go, oh, I had this great revelation, and my husband will look at me is like, I told you that years ago (laughs) but once you know we're willing to accept it once it seems to fit into our thought processes our experiences we get excited about it and we feel like it's ours and we can do something with it so that makes absolute sense to me from that this works for him you know especially teenagers they always want to be well everyone wants to be in control so i don't want to pin it on them but i'll tell teenagers look i don't have your answers I'm going to help you find your answers. They're inside you. And they really appreciate that because it's not another adult telling them what they're going to do. And I guess I like the idea of my work with imagination because it's fun. You know, we want to make it fun for kids. If it's too much work, nobody wants to do it. I just, just the other day, a new um, parent was in talking to me about her daughter. And it seems like the last therapist she had went to, he gave her such homework it was like too much to do it wasn't fun <laughs> so yeah and especially with kids hmm? especially with kids none of us want a whole bunch more work piled on us but right. <laughs> <laughs> you know so right. you you said that 
you discovered in your inner city work that, you know, the behavioral techniques you learned in school weren't going to work there. So what you do with using imagination, these are not behavioral techniques. This is something different. Well, I could, I could make a case for it being behavioral technique or CBT because there is behavioral change, but it's done in a different way. So, um, what happens is, uh, I'm thinking of a little girl who had trouble, oh, gosh, she had trouble sleeping, and she was afraid of going to sleep, and she was crying, and she was like 11 years old, and she was giving her parents a hard time, and she was really suffering. And so a uh, behavioral t- technique might be, okay, take a bath at night, change your thought process when, you're, when your fears come up, switch it to something else. Well, sometimes that's hard to do because fears are coming from the emotions. They're not coming from, you know, you know what you're supposed to do. You just can't do it. So what we did was we played around, and she imagined, um, I said, well, what would happen if an animal friend could come and help you? Who would show up to help you with the sleep? So she imagined this white giant um, dragon she called Valcor and wrapping around her, bre- her bed, protecting her, and she put a tiger at the door. To, to further, you know, just for extra, extra help. And that somehow empowered her, and she was able to close her eyes and go to sleep or close her eyes and listen to one of my CDs. But that made a big difference in her life. And it wasn't, it's not a typical behavioral technique, like it's not cognitive, like do this, do this, do this. It's coming from more of her imagination, more of her intuitive part. I didn't tell her, use this. I suggested something, and she came up with it. And, well, um, it's her imagination that could be causing the sleep issue in the first place. Exactly. She, she obviously didn't feel secure if what she did was wrap a dragon around her bed and put a tiger at the door. The child was not <laughs> feeling secure enough to go to sleep. She was not. She was not. And I often will say to kids, you know, they'll know that their fears are coming from their imagination. So I often will say, all right, let's use your imagination to help you instead of hurting you. And a few months later, when she was fine, one of her friends made fun of her and said, oh, that's stupid. It's just your imagination. How could that help? And she said, my fears come from my imagination, so I had to go into that realm to fix it. So she was very aware of that. Hmm. You know, and, and that really was so, so powerful for her. And so I want kids to tap into those resources. And, and I guess that's where the quote, meditation comes in because I have these foundation tools and one of the foundations is a certain way of breathing and it's basically a basic meditation kind of way. You're just breathing a few inches below your belly button so that belly goes out when you breathe in and when you Mm -hmm. relax it flattens when you breathe out. And I call it the balloon breath, but it's really a basic meditation breath. And um, I just easier for people to hear sometimes. Well, meditation is a scary word. You mentioned Great. meditation at the beginning, and, and I don't mean it's scary as in, oh my gosh, something's going to harm me. It's it's kind of intimidating, I think. Many of us have tried it and gone, I just can't sit still. I can't empty my mind. There's, there are all these negative connotations around it, and sometimes expectations, depending on how someone was introduced to it. You know, there's sometimes this expectation that you're going to reach nirvana. You know, you're going to sit down and in 20 minutes, life's just going to be wonderful. And and that's really not entirely how that works. In your work, you broke it down. Like you said, you you will take a balloon breath. 
as you said, exactly. that, that's a basic meditation technique. And deep breathing is something that we hear that we can do anytime, anywhere to relieve stress. You don't have to sit down and have your, your yoga pants on and your yoga mat and spend <laughs> a half an hour or 40 minutes or an hour I in full it. meditation to get the benefit from taking a balloon yeah. breath. <laughs> yes, no, no, no. In fact, I start with three breaths. I'll have the kids do three breaths with their eyes open, three breaths with their eyes closed, ask them the difference. They'll often tell me with their eyes closed, they feel more relaxed. And then I'll maybe time them, how, many, how few breaths could they take in a minute, seven to ten, great. So we might make a deal, okay, would you be willing to, you know, take a minute out of your day? Because everyone's so busy, you know, mm-hmm. kids, parents alike. So most people, I would say 99.9%, will say they could take a minute. So that's what I, how I get them into it. And well, the word and mindfulness sometimes that is, is all so- you have. Even when you have a routine where you've built in some time for whatever your relaxation is, exercise, meditation, whatever, times come where you're like, I can't even fit that in. And so, right. but being able to step back and go, but I can take a minute here and I can take a minute right. there and I can take a minute here. You can do that several times a day. Exactly, and that's all you need. You just want to recenter your your thoughts, your body, because it's very, very healthy for you. It helps you lower your blood pressure. It does relax you more. It reduces your pain. Helps you think clearly. All this has been researched, so it's worth it. And and that's how I get them in. And it's just wonderful. So that's a way in. And the word mindfulness is is just the idea of being aware. So when you're breathing. You know, you're, you're aware of your thoughts. You don't do anything about them. You just go back to your breath. You're aware of how you're feeling, if there's any pain or any discomfort. You're aware. You just become aware. <laughs> and when we're more aware in the moment, it actually helps us throughout the day. So it's, like, it's very easy. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but if someone's talking, you might be thinking, oh, what am I going to say back? You know, <laughs> Or mm-hmm. you're doing one activity and you're thinking about the next. The idea is if you're present right now, it's more pleasurable and more joyful. And that's why we're here. We want to make our lives happier and healthier and help our kids do that, too. So and it's racing really no big is deal. not good. I, I've talked about that before on the show where when I'm in the kitchen just trying to throw dinner together to get something on the table mm-hmm. and thinking, like you said, I'm thinking to the next thing going, okay, as soon as I get this done, I can go do that. As opposed to the days where I go, great, you know, I have a half an hour or I have 15 minutes or I have an hour or whatever it is to work on dinner. And my focus is doing that. Then I'm relaxing and enjoying it. I have to do it either way. Right. So I might as well go, oh, great, this is my time for dinner prep and just be there because I'm not a gourmet cook. I don't get huge satisfaction out of cooking, but it's, it's not like it's a misery either if I'm going, <laughs> okay, this is just some relaxing time and I can chit-chat with my family as the kids are doing homework or whatever else is going on. So exactly. the mindfulness is important. But what I'm kind of wondering about, all right, so we're getting a, a little bit of an idea of some of the things you might do with kids in, in your office. We as parents, what kinds of things can we do to help our kids and, and I don't know, maybe do we need to pick a particular situation? Because, you know, like you talked about having trouble falling asleep for a young girl. She obviously was afraid of things. So maybe we have a, an older child who's having trouble falling asleep. What could we as a parent do to start helping them walk through that? I think uh, as a parent, you really want to listen to your kids and 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 don't have to fix everything for them. 
even though we want to. <laughs> it's very healing just to listen. And a lot of parents tell me their kids will talk to them right before bed and just dump something really big and awful on them. But it helps the child, you know, relieve their, their upsetness, and that seems to be a good time to do it. So no wonder everyone's having trouble sleeping. But if you just listen and validate what they're saying and just kind of repeat back in, in the kids' words or your words so that they know you understand what they're going through. And, you know, as a parent, we're like a coach, a life coach. So we can't fix everything, but the whole idea is that our kids have the answers inside. We want to guide them to how how to do that, whether it's, because I see kids from lots of different issues, you know, anxiety, fears, anger, divorce in the family, death, grief, illness, themselves or family member. It all, for me, comes down to, okay, this is what's happening. How can I solve the issues that are or the challenges that are in front of me as a child. So that's where, you know, I have the foundation of the, the breathing to help you go inside. Find um, a comfortable, special place within your own imagination that makes you feel safe and good. It could be a beach, it could be Disneyland, it could be your bed, but the idea is that it's like a working environment for you to go into find, finding your own answers. And then you want to connect with your inner guidance. And that inner guidance Depending on the age of, you know, a little child, a teenager, an adult, it could be their animal friends, it could be wizards, it could be wise people, it could be the older, wiser you who's already gone through that. And the idea is you then ask that creature or person, how can I help myself? And they will come up with ideas that are coming from your intuitive side, from your unconscious that you might not have thought about when you're in that, you know, upset or just very waking state. So that it's almost like some people do it when they're, uh, it's like a waking dream. You want to connect with that wisdom that's there because consciously we're only, I don't know, conscious of about 10% of what's going on. So we want to tap into the more of that, what, for want of a better word, the unconscious, where you have your creative juices, where the songs come from, where the beautiful works of art come from and paintings that comes from that space. And that's what we're teaching our kids to, to tap into. And ourselves, too. It's great. I always I do trainings for parents and adults and put them through everything I do with the kids. So you have that experience. And e- even if reading in, in the book, one of the parents that was reading was saying, oh, my gosh, I wish I had this when I was a kid. and I'm going to try this for myself. And um, the idea is that the answers really are inside when you're centered you will come up with things, and you'll be so just be surprised. In fact, I'll I'll say to the kids, they'll be surprised at what you at what you come up with. And I imagine as parents, we'll be surprised at what they come up yeah. with. I, yeah, I, I got. I'm listening to you, but part of me just keeps going back to this. What I heard you tell us, Dr. Resnick, was as parents, number one, stop fixing the kids' stuff for them. Yeah, when the they time, when they right? tell us about something, don't tell them. Well, just do this or try well, this and this. <laughs> sometimes you might need to help, but not all the time. And not that shouldn't be your first go-to. The first is listening and um, validating so the kids know you really get it and you understand what they're experiencing. Yeah, and so then the other, the other aspect is connecting to your own body wisdom. There's so much wisdom in the body. You know, when you feel something's off, pay attention to that. I'm from, I grew up in New York, so if I walk down the street and I feel uncomfortable, I just leave. I don't wait to see, you know, what's, 
what what bad stuff is down there. I trust my instincts. So that's what I'm trying to teach kids and parents as well is to develop their own intuition and get stronger and trust that. We have like a belly brain. We have cells in our belly that are like T cells in our brain. We have a heart brain. People have had heart transplants. You probably heard this as anecdotal evidence that when you get a new organ like that, you might start liking something the donor liked or liking some food or activity that you hadn't before. There's some cellular transfer. So there's some like little heart brain there too. And I'm just helping families and kids connect to all that wisdom that's in their their whole body. Where do you keep your anger? Where do you keep your sadness? Where do you keep your positive feelings, your joy? And let's work with them within the body to help with, with whatever is going on. The wisdom is there. Interesting. I, I just, I find it fascinating that there isn't... Um, just a lot of the things that we typically hear about, like you said, I think they're more traditional behavioral techniques. It's all of this, do this, do this, do this. Mm-hmm. And what you're talking about feels more comfortable to me. It feels less like work than, yeah, than the other more advice the that we out. typically get. Yeah. It's more from the inside out rather than someone imposing. Like sometimes when I say to kids, you have the answers, and they go, no, I don't. I go, well, you know, we'll find them, but I, I don't have the answer for you. You you know yourself better. We're going to help you understand yourself better. And so there's really, they prefer that because nobody, well, like we said earlier, likes people telling them what to do, but I just have little, and you as a, you know, as a parent, as you learn these tools, have the, the guidance for the kids. Yeah, well, and again, what I really love is that with your techniques, we're teaching our kids how to solve their own problems and to not need us to help them do that in the future. My children are actually, well, technically both adults now. I have one in high school, one in college. And uh-huh. as as you go through that transition of them leaving home and being far away and being on their own and experiencing all these things for the first time and watching them go through the growing pains that they're going to experience as they step out into adulthood, knowing that they have something like this in their tool belt is a huge, huge comfort to a parent. Just going, okay, they they don't know the answer to everything, but they know how to find it. And in this case, where they find it is inside themselves. And that resource is always there. And sometimes they might hear your voice, the voice of their mom giving them advice, but it's coming from inside. And so it's really becoming part of them. And you're totally Well, and it's something they the believe they... in too, or else they Pardon? wouldn't be thinking it or hearing it. Yes, yes. So you're spending all these years trying to help them grow into healthy, happy adults, and you have to let them go. From the time they cut the the cord, that's your job is to let them go more and more. But you want them to have that solid foundation inside, that they have the value, the good values of your family, and the skills that you've been teaching them. But there yeah. are things you can't help with when you're not around, and there are new things coming. Our world is so different and changing so much. So if they have it inside them, they know, wait a second, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I know I've solved problems before. Let me check inside. Let me calm down. First of all, 
when we get upset and we're panicking, the part of our brain that like lights up is called the amygdala. It's like mm-hmm. that fear, flight, or fight. And when that's lit up, the whole frontal lobe where we think clearly and logically shuts down. So when you're upset, you cannot think. So the way to be able to think again is to calm down the amygdala and that breathing, the meditation, the balloon breath, the mindfulness, whatever, we, relaxation, deep breathing, whatever we want to call it, that could calm it down so that you could start thinking again. Okay, so that's part of, you know, if you hear people talking about anxiety attacks and things like that, doing the deep breathing works in that situation to start calming that part of your brain. Unfortunately, we aren't going to be able to go into more detail about this. This has been an amazing discussion. I'm going, I wish that I had known about this back when my youngest was a preschooler and she refused (laughs) to sleep unless I was awake and staring at her because what we found out like 12 years later, she was afraid that the witch under her bed was going to reach out with scissors and cut her hands off whoa (laughs) yeah and you know we just didn't get to the bottom of that one apparently because we spent months just being in total sleep deprivation so had we had your advice at that point in time we all could have gotten a lot more sleep (laughs) life would have been better (laughs) but you know from from preschoolers through high school and college and as you said even for us as adults this is great advice for anyone who wants to find out more where can they find you online, Dr. Resnick? Oh, imageryforkids.com, and that's F-O-R. And they could sign up for a free newsletter. They'll get parenting tips. They'll get lots of ideas. They'll see where I'm speaking, where I'm training. I'm happy to speak anywhere in the world. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. I appreciate it. And Mighty Parents, thank you for being here, for listening. Remember, if you're here, if you're listening, you are a Mighty Parent. You got this, and I will see you next week.